Hello, and welcome to When Bad Things Happen to Good People, a podcast about censorship and the arts. My name's Todd Sullivan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Oren Barter. That's me. And today we're talking about the children's book, Prince and Knight. How's it going, Orin? It feels like it's been a while since we've chatted now that we're on this kind of two-week schedule. It does feel like a while. It's like, I actually had like a bit of a panic. It's like, oh my god, did I forget about the podcast? I was like, oh no. Yeah, well, I... <laughs> so speaking of that, as I as I told you uh, earlier this week on Tuesday, uh, as I reached out to you to be like, oh man, I just realized we need to plan the next podcast. I realized that I actually hadn't published the previous episode on the Sunday like it's supposed to go out. Even though it and, was like totally uh, like we had it ready for like a week almost, right? It or, was ready a yeah. week before. And I, I asked <laughs> you to do that so I could like upload it, have it scheduled to go out so everything will go out on time. And then I was like, I, was, I could do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow I was like, I can do it tomorrow. And then the day after that, I'd forgotten about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then just blanked on it until the Tuesday when I was planning the next one. I went, but it was also, it was like, no, I couldn't have done that. And so I actually had to go to our, our Podbean site and, and check to see if it was there. And, and it wasn't. It was like, oh, <laughs> what? what? So, oh, it's all yeah. good. It's all Even good. though we're giving ourselves more time, we're like later than ever. Which <laughs> I, I don't know how that happens. That's all right. So to our, to our, our listeners who expect a, a prompt release schedule, you have my apologies. This one is entirely, entirely, entirely on me. Um, Yeah. How how was things going in in your neck of the woods? Not too bad. I mean, we're not on fire like you are. We're not nearly yeah, as bad no. here. It's smoky here. Yeah, um, it's been hot. We got a dump of rain mm-hmm. today, but only for like twenty minutes. Didn't really feel like it was long enough. Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah, in terms of my life, uh, <laughs> I pretty much like had I think one shift in the last two weeks at work. So I was getting a little mm-hmm. bit worried. And it was today. What's that? And it was today, right? No, no. I had one like last Tuesday and then I got called oh, okay. in for today, yesterday. And then while I was mm-hmm. at work today, I, I got, uh, picked up three other shifts nice. from now until next Tuesday. So it's like, okay, that's a little bit of, a, <laughs> that's, that's a lot better. I was, I was going to walk in and be like, I'm, st- I'm still employed here. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it's being on call. Sometimes you get lots of hours. Sometimes you get none. I was going to wonder whether scheduling like that make you might make you wonder whether you made the right, you know, career shift. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. You still think it's good? A good oh choice? yeah, oh yeah. I, I'm I'm really lucky. I, I'm in a I'm not really in a place where like I've got all the financial pressures on me. Um, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can take a risk for a possible later reward. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really lucky there. So sort of exciting thing at my end here. Uh, I am now. Uh, last month, I got um, I, my pitch to tell a story. Hive was approved, and I am now hard at work on a a project for Tell a Story Hive Yay! to deliver a uh, a sixty minute video on myths and mysteries 
here in Kamloops, BC, which is pretty wild. That's freaking pretty awesome. wild. And it is going to come out kind of uh, um, uh, connected in at least branding to uh, Half Cut Conspiracies, uh, another podcast I do. We're calling this Half Cut Myths and Mysteries. It's me and Carlo Sia, who is my co-host over there. And we are going to go out and see what we can dig up as far as uh, mostly ghosts, it seems like. Um, I was open to covering sort of as many, as broad a series of topics as possible. But it really came down to what we could find people wanting to talk about. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, we've interviewed a couple of uh, ghost hunters. And then the hope is next week we can get into at least one of a couple of potentially haunted locations that we're looking at um, since they're both kind of up in the air at the moment. I don't want to like name any locations, but fingers crossed that we'll get into at least one of them mm -hmm. uh, to poke around, uh, hear some other people's stories about what they experienced there, and maybe even bring uh, some of the ghost hunters along that we chatted with this week. So oh, nice. that'll be cool. Um, I don't know exactly when it's going to end up in Telus's hands. I'm delivering the final product by August 16th. Uh, and at some point after that, it will be on one of their on-demand um, streaming service channels. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, and then as far as I understand it, we'll also... Uh, retain ownership of the finished product and we'll be able to put it up on youtube or wherever we want to do with it as well so, very cool um are you drinking anything interesting tonight not really um i was kind of thinking i was gonna stop drinking and then i didn't so i've got pacific light which is like 3.2 so it's basically water right okay yeah 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 100 calories Nine nice. carbs. I don't know what Nine that means, carbs? but it sounds low. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> One carb is low. One carb is low. Okay, so it's yeah. It's not Pacific low. It's Pacific light. So I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess light. Yeah, light is different than than like low carb. Um, I don't know what the average beer carb is. Maybe twenty. So maybe nine is is like light compared to that. But okay. I know when I'm buying beer, it's usually between like one and like 2.5 or three, that kind of thing. Um, although that's when I'm looking for low carb beer. And right now I am, I am drinking like full carb beer cause I can occasionally have one or two of those, uh, before drinking the, the low carb or zero carb stuff, like, you know, doing shots of vodka. <laughs> uh, but I did, I went back to my, uh, is it dead frog? Yeah. My dead frog sour, um, sampler pack. So Nice. I had the um, the berry one a little earlier, and now I have the peach lemonade. Was it berry good? Uh, be, it was berry good, yes. Um, and I will be following up the peach lemonade with, uh, I think it's a mango. Uh, hang on. A mango mojito sour. Oh, okay. So there's going to be a hint of like mint in there as well. So that's where I'm at tonight. Now, speaking of alcohol, let's... Talk about something else that kids like. <laughs> it's called Prince and Knight. And it is uh, the, hang on, um, I've got my my lists of most frequently banned books handy here, if you'll give me just a moment. Um, it's not, so it's not super high on the list of the most banned of the last decade. It's 91st 
for the last 10 years. And I think okay. that's in part because it was published in 2018. So right. it hasn't had as, as, as much of a chance to be banned. Uh, it was the uh, fifth, I think. Yeah, fifth most banned in 2019. Oh, okay. Now, normally when we talk about, you know, why these books were banned, we do that at the beginning and then we talk about the book. But I think, especially when we talk about kids' books, it might be more interesting to talk about the content of the book before getting into the reasons that it was banned. Because quite often when I look at these books, and we did this sort of, really the last one we did that was really controversial was uh, I Am Jazz. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it really wasn't a a terror. It was a really good book. It was a really well done uh, uh, um, story about this transgender child, her experience, and told in a way that can help other kids learn about that side of existence. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting to like describe what is ultimately a pretty basic story uh, and a pretty um, heartfelt, non-controversial message and contrast that with what people are claiming about this book. Okay. So... That okay probably sounded so weird. I was mid-yawn. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could hear you. I could hear your yawn ending as you said that. Uh, do you want to do another take of that? or? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay, wait. You wanted, the, you wanted the better one. Okay. It's fine. There we go. Okay. It's fine. I'll, keep, I'll keep both yawns. It's all good. Okay. Sorry? Okay. All right. So, yeah, Prince and Knight, there's not a lot to talk about here. It's a really basic story. It is. Uh, it's basically a fairy tale. Very short. Uh, most pages have like two to four lines on them. Great they big rhyme in pictures, yeah. Big pictures, very kind of Dr. Seuss style rhymes. It's the story of this prince um, who is about to ascend to the throne. And his his parents are like, well, we need to find you a bride. Mm-hmm. And so they travel around, and he meets all of these uh, eligible women, and it's just not interested. Nothing, nothing really clicks. And then, what happens? And then, uh, a dragon attacks their their town. Yes, right. And it's a or, vicious dragon. Did I skip anything? A vicious no, dragon attacks the town. Yeah. And the prince hears of this, and he races home to to protect his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And he he gets to the dragon, and he's facing the dragon, but he's not alone. There's a knight. A knight appears. A knight appears. In shining armor. Very shining armor. I like yeah, I like the use of the shining armor because uh, the way that the knight helps the prince defeat the dragon is by shining the the sun into the dragon's eyes and blinding it. Yeah, with his shiny his ass army. Yeah. His shield, he shines the, the light off of the sun, uh, light of the sun off the shield into the dragon's eyes, which allows uh, the prince to leap onto the dragon's back and uh, tie the dragon up with, with some, some rope of, like, that he didn't have two seconds ago. Well, I mean, and it must he, be some really st- like, sorry, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, it must be some really strong rope to you, or a really weak dragon when you get down to it. <laughs> yeah. 
I just, mean, at this point, maybe the dragon is relying too much on his on his fiery breath and and not enough on his upper body strength. He's not doing push-ups anymore. He's just like, yeah, he's like, I got Whatever. this. I got this. I got fire breath. What more do I need? Oh, right. no, I'm tied up now. <laughs> um, But then after he ties up the dragon, he gets like knocked off the back of the dragon. And now, oh, no, the prince is plummeting to his death. But the knight races. What should the knight s- do? The knight races to save him, catches him. Yes. In his arms. And when the prince falls into the knight's arms, they look at each other, they have an instant connection, and they fall instantly in love. And then uh, and then they get married, and they live happily ever after, as everyone in fairy tales should. Exactly. That's the whole book. That's it. That's the book. That's it. It's well illustrated. There's, yeah. there's nothing. It's just a simple kids book. It's got the kind of uh, you know the kind of rhymes that you kind of come to expect in this kind of book. So Prince and Knight. I, I guess I, I haven't mentioned the authors yet or author. It's written by David Hack or Daniel Hack, uh, and illustrated by Stevie Lewis. Uh, published in 2018. It. Uh, it was named to the American Library Association's 2019 Rainbow List Top 10. It was also a Goodreads Choice Award nominee for Best Picture Book. It was named a Best Children's Book of 2018 by Amazon, the Chicago Tribune, Kirkus Reviews, and Pop Sugar. Oh, wow. Um, it's also been banned. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, well, as I said, it was the fifth most challenged book of 2019. Uh, and the reasons for the book being challenged include its LGBTQIA plus content uh, for being, quote, a deliberate attempt to indoctrinate young children with the potential to cause confusion, curiosity, and gender dysphoria, and for conflicting with a religious viewpoint. Deborah Caldwell Stone, executive director of the office intellectual freedom says our concern as an organization is the fact that many of the books are age appropriate and developmentally appropriate books intended for young people but are challenged because they allegedly advance a political agenda or sexualize children according to findings from the ala the challenges came from parents legislators and religious leaders because well how is that if how is that any different than you know a princess meeting her prince charming and that's exactly what i was thinking right um so here's here's the 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 quote from um, okay, so it was challenged in one location in Upshur County, West Virginia. Um, a, a, a Calvary Chapel Mountain Highlands pastor named Josh Layfield um, brought his opposition to the book to the school, and he made a post on Facebook that said, This book is a deliberate attempt to indoctrinate young children, especially boys, into the LGBTQA lifestyle. This book is deliberately appealing to their imagination, creativity, and their innocence. Children's books, which are promoted by the state and put into circulation by taxpayer funds, should remain innocent. Unfortunately, this is an intentional leading of children into sin. I don't... I I don't see... I mean, obviously, my take on what sin is, is different Mm -hmm. than people who actually think that sin exists because I don't. Um, But like you said, I don't see how this story is any different than a story that features a prince that meets and falls in love with a princess. Yeah. How dare you push your 
straight right? indoctrinate my children into into yeah. this. Okay, well, you want you want to talk about like indoctrinating children, attacking their or using their innocence against them? Like, let's let's have a look at uh, you know the church a little bit there. You pretty much just laid out the church's whole fucking game plan. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, that may be a fair argument. Um, yeah, I don't, um, I don't, I don't understand how anyone, and again, it's, it's a difference in perspective, but, and maybe that's where they see the indoctrination in that it is such a, an ordinary, simple, appealing message. Mm-hmm. Of a person, I'm going to leave gender out of this, mm-hmm. a person who meets and and falls in love with another person, yeah. and those people live happily ever after. Except uh, in the minds of some people, those people in that story need to be of a certain gender, otherwise it's indoctrination to sin. See, and that's like exactly what the book is trying to, trying to fight. But it's not even yeah, in the same way, yeah. you know, like when you look at I Am Jazz, mm-hmm. that was a book that was about saying like, right. this is a unique thing. Yeah. I, I have this unique perspective and I am living this unique life that mm-hmm. maybe you're not living. Um, And so I'm telling my story to try to help you understand. Yeah. What I think is really great about um, Prince and Knight is it doesn't do that. It doesn't make a big it deal about it. Yeah. Yeah. There's it's no just, part of the end. It's just a story like, and they just happen to be the same gender. Yeah. They fall in love. Like they That's, could have done yeah. this thing where like the prince and the knight meet and they fall in love. Oh, but the prince's family doesn't approve. And so they have mm-hmm. to run away and hide and da da da. And they, they, there could be this whole other adventure of them trying to prove that their love is worthy. Yeah. But no, it's just, they fell in love. That's cool. And, and the, and the queen and the king and queen were like, finally, are we found somebody who's perfect for our son mm. or perfect for our boy. That's what they said. Thank God we can finally yeah. die now and he can take the throne. <laughs> Cause we're getting tired. Um, yeah. That's what I think is great about it is that it doesn't treat this as anything particularly unique or, mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, as we move forward in time and these things become less and less strange and less and less unique, um, we'll see more and more books where that's just the thing. Um, interestingly, actually, I was talking to my uh, my ex and uh, my daughter's mother about uh, this trilogy of films that I, I watched today with, with my daughter Morgan. Um a trilogy of, of horror films recently released on, on Netflix called Fear Street. And what was interesting about the film beyond, obviously it was a really good horror film and a really good horror trilogy, but the, the lead character um, is a lesbian. And it's outside of the fact that her love's mother didn't approve. It really wasn't treated like a big thing. It was just, this is, that's who the character is. That's just the character, yeah. She's in love with a woman. Yeah. All right, cool. And, um, you know, we were talking and she mentioned that, you know, the problem with a lot of of, of queer stories or, or queer films is that they get so fixated on, on being that as an identity mm-hmm. that 
Um, they fail to be uh, an interesting story yeah. in its own right. And I think that as writers begin just treating these, uh, you know, these sexual orientations or these type of people as just ordinary characters in a story, and again, focus on the story first, that's that's good storytelling. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if the lead is man, woman, gay, straight, uh, transgender, whatever. They're all equally valid people, equally valid characters, and it should be equally valid in a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely something to, like, with I Am Jazz. That was, you know, it was a story. It was the... The, the journey was about um, the jazz's identity. That was mm-hmm. the story, right? Oh, so totally, there's totally, definitely yeah. times where that's going to be the case, but I, I totally agree with you. Like um, I do like to see characters in these, like characters with these um, orientations, just like you say, just being characters. Like um, I think uh, Umbrella Academy, did you ever watch that? I've seen the first season, but not the second. Okay. I don't know if this was on the first season or the second. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, but uh, one of the characters, um, I think it was the second season, um, you find out that he fell in love with uh, uh, another man in the army. He ended up in okay. the army in, in the past somehow. And, you know, they, they kind of lived this whole life and fell in love. Before that, it wasn't a big part of his character it didn't really didn't become a big part of the character afterwards. And the story was just kind of a, it was just a love story. It was a sad, it was a, it was a tragedy. Uh, But yeah, I I liked how that was, how that was um, done in that, in that series. I really appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to what you said about I am jazz too, I think like, as I was saying, as, as these, I don't want to say, people but like as as these different uh, uh genders and orientations and all these things become more ordinary or mm-hmm. more you know out and and um whatever that's where we're going to start to see them just existing more in in regular stories and i think we're at a point now where you know transgender people are they're still struggling for representation right now mm-hmm. um you know they're they're where you know the gay community was like 30 40 50 years ago and, uh, and so we're, we are at a stage where we do need to have those books like I Am Jazz to explain their experience to people who who don't get it. Because I know, I'll admit myself, I spent a long time um, not really understanding what it meant to be transgender. Mm-hmm. And um, probably, you know, did my fair share of of making some very inappropriate jokes about it and uh and i feel bad that i that you know i had done that in the past but it it came out of ignorance and um i'm glad to have been uh open-minded enough to continue to try to understand that perspective and i I still have probably way more that i could learn um but i am grateful for like even even something as simple as i am jazz you know helped open my eyes to what that experience might be like for a child versus mm-hmm. what it might be like for an adult. Um, and so I'm, you know, even though there are, we do have a necessity now for books like that, that are focused just on kind of the experience rather than just using 
a transgender person as a, a character within a more fulfilling story. Um, I, it's good that we still have those those books that are teaching us those things, and, and we'll we'll get more and more to the point where we can have them just as characters in the story. Let's talk about why this book was banned. Or no, I guess we did that already. Yeah, I mean, both times it was banned. It was banned in Virginia, once in West Virginia, once in Virginia. I guess the Virginias are not a good place to put. <laughs> I guess not. Um, I guess um, in Loudoun County, Virginia, I'm reading this from uh, the Wikipedia page on this book. In Loudoun County, Virginia, the local school district faced several challenges to pieces of literature that were instated as a component of a diverse classroom libraries initiative for elementary and high school classrooms. Most challenges centered on the LGBTQ plus pieces of literature, despite constituting only 5% of designated texts for the program. Specifically, Heather Has Two Mommies, which is one that I would like to cover uh, on this as well. Okay. My Princess Boy and Prince, Prince and Knight received the most requests for reconsideration by parents and citizens, according to internal district documents, with Prince and Knight having been moved to the school counseling office while under reconsideration. Both those opposed and in support of the inclusion of the LGBTQ plus text in the diversity initiative voiced their positions during a lengthy six-hour board of education meeting to discuss the controversy. Byron Cross, a physical education teacher in the district, said that all books that could potentially confuse a child of who they are biologically should be removed. Another parent in attendance stated during the public comment, I cannot stomach reading written porn, but my child can. What? Um, I don't, yeah. What? Um, yeah. I guess this this mother who... Does I, she I not know what porn never is? never read the book. She doesn't know what yeah, porn is. Yeah, either she's never read the book or she has no idea what porn is because... Um, yeah, there probably was neither. She's probably never <laughs> read the book and never <laughs> seen a single... Yeah. yeah, and I, I don't get the argument about how these could potentially confuse a child of who they are biologically. Like, Yeah. This isn't even... I mean, I, I guess that they could be talking potentially, I guess, about the... Um, well, I guess I Am Jazz isn't mentioned here. Um, I guess you could make that kind of argument for a book like that, but this is just a, a boy falling in love with a boy. They're still both boys at the end of the day, and so... I don't know why they should be confused about who they are biologically. <laughs> yeah. I think what he was trying um, to say was who they're attracted to biologically. But I guess, but I mean, I can't imagine a straight boy reading that book and then being like, well, fuck, maybe I'm gay. And even I, if well, they the did, is, like that you're not you're not just going to be like 20 years down the line being like, you know, you've been gay your whole life and you're going to be like oh i just discovered that i'm straight yeah I, I, it's because i read that book when i was eight that's not going to happen hypothetically if you were to sit down and write a 2000 word essay explaining to me why i should be sexually attracted to someone that i am not <laughs> i'm not going to read that essay and suddenly be sexually attracted to that person right that doesn't make sense there, there's nothing in a book that is going to convince someone to suddenly be attracted to someone they're not. I'm sorry to <laughs> say. And anyone who thinks so has probably never been properly attracted to somebody. Or they think the only reason that they're straight is because they've 
avoided the avoided temptation of reading books temptation like that. Of like, reading books like that. I mean, I, I do see the potential for you know some some closeted people to have those sorts of reactions of like you can't. I, if I read that, I I might suddenly turn gay because I I do have these these desires that I'm not open about that I'm not talking yeah. about, and uh, and so I can't I can't be tempted by that, and in their mind they're thinking that's not because that's their orienta- orientation. It's because they, they have to fight just, off yeah. the temptation from Satan. Or, or they think like, that's just how everybody thinks or how everybody feels. Yeah. And yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think we need to have good stories, uh, more good stories with happy endings. And yeah, uh, I like this book. Um, I think this book needs to I think exist. It was, it was a great book. Um, it's a really quick read. Super quick read, um, yeah. It's the, that's the nice thing about spending a few weeks doing kids' books is there's very little homework to do. Um, I don't know. Do you have any kind of final remarks on this? Or No, I just thought it was a, it was a decent little story. It didn't blow me. It didn't blow me away or anything. Like it wasn't like super amazing. It wow. was just like a... Just, it wasn't meant to. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's just a standard kid story. It just... Happens to be that the two main love interests in the book are both boys. Yeah. Reminds me of, there's a, I don't know what it's called. And I've never really read it, but I, I recall there being like a series of, of kids books about a princess who like just does shit for herself. Yeah. 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 Does it need the prince? Ah, of the, the paper bag princess. Her. Is that what it is? I think so. And then, the, See, that's it. and then the, the knight tries to save her. The prince tries to save her and she goes, She's oh, what is it? there's like this famous line something something and you are a bum, and then she walks <laughs> away from him. yeah. I'm pretty sure that's that's the paper bag princess. Uh, I have heard of the paper paper bag princess, and I, I was actually going to say that as the name, uh, which means it's probably true. We're both thinking <laughs> it. Um, and again, that's a message I can totally get behind. Like you know, some women just want to do shit on their own. They don't need a man to help them. Do you think the paper and bag I princess has been banned? I would love to do that one. That's a great little book. We can look into it. I'll look. It's into a little it. longer than the ones we've done. Yeah, but it's a great little book. Nice. Uh, I don't think it'd be banned, but I, I do think maybe it's gotten some parents annoyed. Because um, again, if not everyone is in line with feminism as a thing either, right? Like you know, down with the patriarchy. How dare? How dare this children's book? Uh, you know, try to destroy the patriarchy. That's ridiculous. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an entertaining kids' book. It's got, it's got princes. It's got knights. It's got dragons. It's got, um, um, you know, the one thing <laughs> I will admit when I was watching the the video and the guy flipping through the book and the um, um. The prince ties up the the dragon. I was like, "Oh, this is some uh, BDS." Yeah, like, I did think that too. <laughs> you know, so think about the way he was tied up. It looked like some of those, like, um, uh, you know, the the binding um, fetish stuff. Right. Um, yeah. I don't think it was intended no, that way. I, don't think so. I, I certainly wouldn't want to imply that the author was trying to sneak something like that in there. But in my in my devious, perverted adult <laughs> mind, I was I was looking at the page and giggling a little bit to myself. But um, yeah, I don't think that was intended. scandalous. It's um, like you're, you're like you're like first, first the prince might be gay and now bestiality. Oh yeah, bestiality, <laughs> BDSM. 
Uh, I mean, as long as the dragon's consenting, that's what. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off topic here. We are getting very far off topic. Um, that's it for me, I guess. I, I thought this was a great little book. I think it should be in all the libraries. I uh, encourage kids to read it. Uh, parents, read it to your kids. Um, uh, read it first if you want to make sure that it doesn't have porn in it, because I know there's that parent who said it did. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it doesn't, unless uh, I read it wrong. But uh, yeah. Fun little story about a prince and a knight who fall in love and live happily ever after. And there should be nothing at all wrong with that. And that's the end of my take. I agree with you totally. Uh, I give it four blindingly shiny shields out of five. Yeah, I'm going to go as far as to give it uh, five blindingly blinding bright <laughs> shields out of five. Okay. I think I think it's, I mean, for what it is, it's it's, I would say, perfect. Um, not too long, not too short, um, has the fun rhymes, happy ending. Um, yeah, exactly. The perfect, the perfect bedtime story length. Cool. All right. Well, that's been, uh, that's been us. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of when bad things happen to good people. Uh, as you may have noticed, we're spending a few weeks looking at children's books. Um, and we're also on a two week schedule right now. So, yeah, we're kicking back. We're taking it easy for the summer a little bit. Um, but uh, hope you continue to tune in. Um, maybe in a couple of few weeks, we'll be back to uh, an adult novel, if that's the sort of thing that you prefer us talking about. Um, in the interim, though, uh, you can find all of our social media and contact details over at blah, 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 media.com. And a reminder that if you like what you're doing, what we're doing, you can support us financially at either um, patreon.com or buymeacoffee.com. Both of those links are available at blah, 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 media.com. If you do buy us a coffee, we will use it for beer. That is true. Um, it's just that there is no buymeabeer.com that I know of. <laughs> we so. should start one. Uh, yeah, be, be, <laughs> be aware. It'll be, yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll like be the next buy me a coffee and, <laughs> and then, then we'll get sued as i as i mentioned uh if you like the the sound of my voice you can find me over at um half got conspiracies as well um and uh yeah that's me anything you want to promote there Oren? yeah if you like the sound of my voice um check out my album on spotify yeah it's only like over a decade old now but I, st I still get royalties from it, so go check it out. Check it out. Yeah, he's a fantastic musician. And, and a reminder that he uh, he wrote the fantastic opening music for this and also for Half Cut Conspiracies. <laughs> you didn't really have to put that plug in there, but... You're a very talented person. <laughs> Thank you, Todd. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, my name is Todd Sullivan. My name is Oren Barter. This has been When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Until we meet again, go read a fucking book.